this week's episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast covers historic milestone home runs for Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, and Albert Pujols. Who has the edge in the American and the National League wildcard races right now? And what are these new rule changes that are happening in 2023? Find out next. Hello, listeners. My name is Alex Jonitz, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Travis Miller. I am more of a stats nerd. He was a total stud on his D3 college team, and this is the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Episode... Uh, I don't know. You put me in the spot. I think it's 74. 74. Episode 74. I blanked on the spot, Alex. I had to point to you because I feel like you might know. But hey, alley-oop, baby. It's just getting up there. It's getting up there so high. So you know what? Keep on climbing to the triple digits. But episode being recorded today, it's Tuesday, September 13th. Alex and I are coming to you live. Um, Alex, good time of the year. Dog days are kind of over. Football has started. We don't really cover football, but... Maybe someday, Travis, because Maybe someday. Football has started. you are such a big college football head. I've been really into the NFL uh, last couple seasons. Um, you, of course, Chargers fan, exciting year for you ahead. I, I would love to get into that at some point, but mm-hmm. would definitely have to be a separate thing because baseball, for us at least, is kind of a year-round coverage. It is, it is. But, you know, exciting times right now. Baseball is still, of course, uh, it's I'd say it's slowing down for the next couple of weeks. And then, of course, first week of October, that's when things should start getting, uh, you know, picked back up again, the energy, the excitement of Major League Baseball. But Alex, one of the big things right now that I really want to start off the episode and talk about is the home run ball. Um, There's three guys, three guys I wanted to circle and start the episode off and we can talk about. But we're in this and we're we're witnessing some pretty historic home run races and some home run milestones uh, so far. And it's going to be really exciting the next two, three weeks of the seasons to see how things go. First thing I'll start off with is, of course, Mike Trout. Mike Trout yesterday, Monday, September 12th, hit his seventh consecutive home run in seven consecutive games. Um, That is uh, second all-time. It's tied with a bunch of other guys. I won't get too much into the list. I know Joey Votto, Barry Bonds, a couple other names are on the list. Kendrys. Kendrys Morales, Old Angel. Uh, They've done it seven times in a row. So they have had uh, that milestone completed. But there is three guys that are above them all with eight consecutive games with a home run. It is Don Mattingly, Ken Griffey Jr. And then I think a guy named Dan Long I saw uh, earlier on a, a milestones list. But Mike Trout, seven home runs, seven consecutive games. Um, it, it just points to the absolute dominance that Mike Trout provides to us. He goes away on a back injury and then comes back, Alex. And I think the world just almost forgot about him. They really are just looking at two guys right now, Judge and Otani in the American League. Mike Trout so far in September, I mean, absolutely mashing the cover of the baseball. So I just want to start off with that and kind of, of course, give a little bit of appreciation notice to Mike Trout, what he's been able to do. Um, Alex, that back looks fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's I all mean, I'll say. That's a great way to put it because... I honestly, Travis, I think there was a day or two or something where, it, you know, so for those that don't, that don't remember, a couple months ago, Trout, it was found out that, you like know, late July. Yeah. He, he got pulled from a game for like a back issue, like kind of some tightness or something with the muscle and the vertebrae or something. And then like it came out the next day, like, oh, actually, like 
this is something that a specialist diagnosed. A specialist said, hey, you have this condition that's rare and you need to be monitoring it going forwards, you know, kind of for life. And the, all the headlines that day, Travis, it was like doom and gloom, right? Yep. It was yep. like, I, I mean, for, for, career is over. For, yeah. for a little while there, I was like, okay, like this guy might never hit like he used to. Um, and then he came out and said, like, don't worry about it, guys. Like, I need to put in a little bit of extra effort in the training and make sure I'm nice and loose in my back before games and I'll be fine. Um, so he had a nice little IL stint. And when he came back, Travis, he came back swinging really hard. And then, of course, the last seven games he's played have been really special. Um, you know, off good pitchers, you know, in in uh, good ballparks. He hit one of yeah. them to, like, the deep part of, like, left center, like, off the top of the wall in in, uh, in Houston. Like, mm-hmm. just some just some really big shots. Um, and then yesterday, dead center uh, in Cleveland. But, yeah, today I think he's 0 for 3 with a walk and 3 flyouts. So yeah. he probably will not get it. I'm looking at it right now. Travis, it is top of the ninth. And we have two outs against us with Mike Ford batting with two strikes. So unless, <laughs> unless Ford comes up clutch and then we get like a few more guys on base, then Trout might have a chance. But it's probably ending now. And, and that's OK, because, I mean, seven or eight, it does. I mean, it gets stupid. I the, mean, yeah. the, the, the message has been made, right, mm-hmm. that like Mike Trout is still one of the most incredible hitters to ever play the sport. And even if he's not still like in his. Maybe he's not in his peak athletic prime. He still is pretty much right there, and his bat swing is as good as ever. So it's been really great for you know Angel fans, fans of baseball, to kind of look at this guy and say, you know what, um, maybe he is in getting into his 30s, but he still is going to continue to be you know an all-time great. And I saw an interesting tweet um, not too long ago. I think it was yesterday, day before, and someone was saying like, I did, they want to like I just want to make this clear. Like when you hear someone say Trout is a generational talent, don't think that that is like some sort of um, overhype, right? Because mm-hmm. I think someone had him like his career OPS plus um, is like better than anyone in the last 60 years besides uh, Bonds or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a st- obviously, you know, Bonds had the whole steroid, you know, hot streak and stuff. So, but it, it is crazy to think that like uh, we get to witness this guy. Uh, but Travis, he missed. 30-ish, almost 40 games, I think. I don't yeah. have the number in front yeah. of me. But he missed about a month of baseball and is still, I think he's still, is he outright second place he for home runs? In um in in the American League, yes. But in MLB, he's still behind, I think it's Schwarber and also Alonzo. And he might be tied with Goldschmidt at 35 right now. But I mean, okay. I, I think Schwarber had 37 and so you're looking at Trout. I mean, Trout's still, of course, swinging the bat really well. In a week, he could be second in MLB in home runs. And the guy took off 40 games. I mean, that that just points right there that the power, there's no problem with the power right now. Right. Um, 101 games after today's game. If he doesn't have a home run today, he'll have 35 home runs in 101 games. I mean, you, it's just crazy you, if you see those stats at a whole 162-game spectrum. It's probably 50 five home runs practically in a season. So. Quick, quick little like interesting thought I had. Um, so the MVP race, we won't get into that today mm-hmm. just to spare the listeners. Now it's almost every week, but everyone kind of knows one or two in some order will be judge and Shohei. Um, does Trout have a chance for third here? Does he have a chance to get third? Do you think, I mean, the other names floating around all season have been like Alvarez who he has missed. He said, I think a couple IL stints yep. this season. Jose Ramirez kind of cooled off. Rafael Devers cooled off in a huge way. Some guys have surged like Bregman. Maybe some other Astros could be in that mix just because their team is so good. But 
I mean, do you think Joe has a shot at third here after missing, you know, a month of baseball? It's I actually thought about it yesterday, Alex. I said to myself, he, I think right now he has a very good shot at top five. I think Devers is out of the conversation. The team is awful. Devers really slowed down. I think that he's definitely going to be losing that traction. And, and Trout's, of course, picking it up. Um, Alvarez um, being on such a good team and the way he's had this season, I could see voters liking him in ahead of top, of, you know, in, in a in a four or five spot. Jose Ramirez as well. Um, you know, if the Guardians get to the playoffs, Alex, if they win the division, I could see voters look, liking that just by having that winning aspect to it. Right now, um, Ramirez leads the AL in doubles with 40, and I think he's a couple RBIs shy of Judge for all um, for the all lead right now in mm. MLB. So if he can have a couple of those counting stats uh, titles, I think that Ramirez will edge him out for third. But you know what? I think right now it's anybody's ballgame. The way that Trout's swinging the bat, if he can have, you know, five to six more home runs this month, and then you look at, you know, 40-plus home runs on the season, and the guy only played about 115 games. I mean, yeah. how can you not at least say this guy is is unbelievable, and he comes back from a what we thought a career-ending back injury? Um, right. And so th I think that's what's, what's going to be really important. I think right now that you have Judge and Otani kind of in this top tier. They're going at it for the MVP. Yes. Um, and then right now, I think you have a lower tier where it's Ramirez, Alvarez, Trout going for who's going to get third place, another you know top three finish. But that's a good way um, to break it down. Um, it, it's it's going to be interesting. I think that you know I think Ramirez, Alvarez, Trout, of course, have absolutely no shot at winning it. But I think they have a you know a really good shot at getting third. I think that the top two has been. It's been decided for the last two months or so. I, so I, I completely agree with that. But I did see a funny conversation on Twitter between two of my favorite accounts, uh, Foolish Baseball and uh, MLB Random Stats. Mm -hmm. But they, they, one of them asked the other one, like, if Trout hit a home run in every single game, one per game for the rest of the season, would he win the MVP? And it's just kind of a funny <laughs> thought of like, if someone could, I mean, obviously it's completely unrealistic to do that for like, you know, three, yeah. four weeks or however long it would end up being. But do you think that he would win MVP if he did that? Like God. if he hit a home run every, I mean, it's, 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 it's a completely you know, kind of ridiculous scenario. But I mean, I, I think they said, yeah. they, they said, they said probably, yeah, just because like it would be the most insane month it, of baseball. It, it would be the most, it'd be what, like 25, almost, yeah, 30 home runs in a month. That would probably be just absurd right there. But, um, that, that, yeah, <laughs> it, it was just a funny thought, yeah. but, yeah. um, Travis, we can keep moving along. And just to confirm, the game is over. Mm -hmm. Trout streak ends at seven, which is still very, very great. Um, let's move over to Aaron Judge now. He just homered today as well against the Red Sox. Uh, and Travis, he is, uh, you know, it's kind of chasing the Maris. Um, chasing man. Ruth and Maris, yep. yep. So, so tell me how you, like, I think depending on where he ends up will kind of affect how we frame it but do you really view him as like chasing 60 chasing 61 i mean i think obviously the the 70 mm -hmm. 70s is probably out of the question by this point but like what what do you see him chasing and then do you think he gets there is i guess my question i you know i think and, and just to clarify he's at 56 after today 56 after today which i mean right now it makes it you know it, it really does make it it's in reach. Very, very possible, of course, to get 60. Um, it, it, I feel like for me right now, I'm thinking more about 60. I haven't seen a guy hit 60. I mean, probably, I mean, I haven't been around since someone's hit 60 since Bonds, probably in 2001. Yeah, when we were babies. Um, and I mean, I wasn't even watching the game. So um, I think 60, of course, is going to be one of the big milestones because no one's really done that in over, you know, 20 years or so. 
And you are, of course, tying, um, you know, the Bambino at 60. And then you got Maris at 61. So it's, 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 I think both are just such historic milestones that, you know, you can say if you're Aaron Judge, you were able to tie, you know, Babe Ruth in a home run record for a single season. That's, that's pretty remarkable. And of course, right now, if he does pass Ruth and Maris, he will then, of course, uh, you know, have the AL home run single season record. Um, no one in the American League has ever done that in history. So that's, of course, one other area and milestone he's looking at as well. I mean, the last guy that came so close was Stanton in 2017, 59 home runs that year, Alex, and he did win the NL MVP. But um, I think for me, I think 61st is kind of the, the first milestone to look at if he can get sure. to 60 and tie Babe Ruth. Um, and then, of course, Maris is just, you know, the cherry on top. But I think he wants to go for that AL record. He'd have to what hit six more home runs in the, in the season to capture the AL, uh, you know, single season home run champion uh, title. But um, he could do it. Uh, he's he's got the body. He's got the the power to do it. So um, it just, you know, it, it just depends on what he um, you know, what kind of pitches he sees, how the pitchers approach every at bat with him, um, you know. It'd be funny if, you know, we have a week left and he has, you know, two or three home runs left and the pitchers, you know, start well, pitching away and don't even give anything to hit. So. Well, I'm actually going to check there. Actually, could you look up their upcoming schedule? Yeah. Because I just had a thought. Like, at the end of last season, um, Otani had no protection in the order. And we played, like, the Mariners one series. And he set the, Otani set the record last season, I think, for the most walks in, like, a four-game span. Because they walked him, like... They walked him some game like three times, three times, and then two times or something like that. Yeah. So I could see Judge getting that treatment. If he's playing any like wild card teams that are really fighting for it, they might just pitch around him, you know, because it's, they you will, know, yeah. every game counts in uh, mid to late September. So, and it looks like right now, um, so for the, you know, for the rest of this month, they got, you know, games at Boston, at Milwaukee, then they're home against Pittsburgh, home against Boston. So not a lot of well, I mean, some teams that might not really care about exactly, especially game. Boston. I mean, what a way to piss off Yankees and and judge, you know, if you're a Boston fan, you're just going to say, we'll take the loss, but we're not going to let judge hit a home run against us. Um, they do play in Toronto three games and they come home. Um, the last home series of the year, they play three against Baltimore and then they go to Texas, four on the road in Texas. So you got some teams that are really not competing there right now for a playoff spot. So they might, yeah, I, I mean, they, they have nothing to lose. I mean, they really are going to, maybe they just don't want to, uh, you know, see that kind of record broken. I I, I don't know if they would, you know, hundred percent like to just walk the guy for, you know, the next week, but um, yeah, I mean, and, and we'll, we can, we'll definitely see what happens there. Yeah. It'll be a fun thing to track. I, I don't think, I mean, teams it, there's going to be situations where it makes sense to attack them and they're going to attack mm -hmm. them in those spots i assume but um i think when it comes down to like you know for like, like i mentioned earlier otani was against the mariners uh like last september and the mariners were pushing to like they were like right behind yeah. the pack for a wild card they really wanted it and they were kind of hot they're like we're just not gonna let otani beat us because every win counts we're gonna put him on first and then let you know uh Phil Gosselin and whoever else was protecting Otani, like mm -hmm. we'll let these guys beat us, you know. And of course, uh, the Mariners, I think, won that series. But um, yeah, I just think it's interesting to kind of track, you know, those some of those teams you mentioned. Like it could be easier or harder to hit home runs there. Like we know Baltimore is a anti home run park this season, especially for a no no games at Baltimore. Baltimore's at Yankee Stadium. Oh, okay, so that, that's so one good thing. Yeah, the more yeah. good, the more good, the more games at Yankee Stadium will be beneficial for him, yeah. of course. Yeah. 
And it looks like just at Fenway, at Milwaukee, at Toronto, and at Texas, which we know Texas is a hitting ballpark. So that seems overall kind of friendly for him. Yeah, yeah. It, it could be a nice. Um, I, I think he's and he's not, he's done pretty well against the Blue Jays and in Toronto. So um, the ballparks are not too uh, treacherous for him. So I, 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 that's one thing right. we're looking at for him that could be you know a bright spot. But um, you know, hey. We, it's it's probably one of the I, I someone said today it's probably one of the toughest um you know toughest milestones or t- toughest accomplishments is the single season homer record because you get down the stretch and you have a timeline to beat and you, right. you have to hit a home run which i mean some would say a home run is probably one of the hardest things to do possibly even in sports and so and i, I haven't it's crazy i haven't heard them ask judge this but they asked trout this just like this morning i believe and they said are you up there trying to hit a home run today and Trout said, absolutely not. He's up there trying to make good contact with the ball, yep. find a pitch to hit. He's like, I'm up there to hit the ball. If it's a home run, then that's great. But when he's like looking for a pitch, he's not like, okay, home run pitch, mm-hmm. time to like give it my all. It's like, no, he's swinging hard every time and he's trying to put the ball in the air, but he's not trying to, you know, swing for the fence necessarily every time. I wonder, you know, Judge in the last two weeks, if it comes down to the wire and gets kind of close. I would imagine that he would say, you know, I'm trying to make good contact. I'm not trying to hit a home run because, you know, his team needs, you know, a home run's great for the team, but yep. it's just going to be harder to hit, um, you know, doubles and stuff and, and earn walks if you're only thinking about the home run while on the plate. So, and, and what's what's remarkable is today's home run against the Red Sox went over the right field um, bullpen. Wow, the, the, opposite I, I, field. It was either I think it's the Yankees yeah. bullpen, which is closer to center field. So it's just oh, like, I was imagining Fenway. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, Fenway. Yeah, and it's just like man, the guy's literally driving it to the deepest part of the ballpark, Oppo, and hitting it out of the ballpark. You think Judge would be looking at the Green Monster and saying, you know, trying to pull every ball here tonight? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's. I mean, it's just interesting how it comes down to some of these guys are not necessarily trying to optimize their chances of home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, home runs just come naturally naturally to them. So it'll be fun to kind of track Judge down the stretch. Do you think um, if he ended with 59 or 60 or like 62 and got like a record, mm-hmm. do you, how much do you think those differences affect the voters for MVP, if you had to guess? Yeah, I think 59 and 60 affected a big. <laughs> you think I, that the difference there is huge? You I, think? I, I think the one home run difference is big. I think voters will look at it and say, oh, man, we, we got another Stanton. I mean, even though Stanton won the MVP that year, um, I think that that's a big, uh, just from what Otani, you know, Stanton did not have Otani doing what he heels, was doing in right. 2017. So if Otani continues to pitch really well down the stretch, which, I mean, they already kind of listed Alex, his starts for September. Um, I think he's got a couple starts. It's against AL West teams. I think he's got one against the Oakland A's. I mean, talk about a win and a, and a, and a game to get, you know, strikeouts up and to also get the ERA. He's also still trying to get, I think, Alex, he's not yet qualified yet for, like, ERA and all those stats because mm-hmm. he hasn't met what the, the innings pitch The innings mark. pitch will yep. come into effect, And yeah. so that's going to be something I think Shohei's going to be looking at, too, is trying to get all those numbers to qualify so that he can meet all those criterias. But... Um, I think 59 and 60 is a big just it, it, these are two different spectrums right here. But I think you get to 60, you look at it and say, you know, OK, 60 is just a an area that we have not seen since, of course, you know, the home run race between McGuire and Sosa and then Bonds in 2001 um, and Sosa in 2064. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, and that's where it'll be a good question to talk about once the you know, the offseason is up or once the season's over, does 59 does 60, you know, does, you know, how much will this affect when we look at his stats, when we look at Otani's ending stats, you know, 
what if he hits 59, Alex? But what if his on base goes up a ton because he gets walked a lot? And then his OPS is north of like, you know, a 1.15, you know, something like that. So right. you maybe could have those stats being now counted in um, that you didn't have right now. So, you know, things can change. I think Otani last year, what do you have? Like I, I, 25 intentional walks, it felt well, like in the last right. like, two months. And, and so what you're describing, yeah, I remember Otani last year at the like the last month or so, the average really dropped because he stopped seeing good pitches to hit, but the on-base went way up yep. because he got walked so much. So that kind of thing could happen for Judge, of course. His average right now is above 300. Um, I think true talent, his batting average probably usually would rest a little below 300. But, mm -hmm. you know, um, he hits the ball so hard that that quality of contact is always going to be good. Travis, uh, one little thing to throw in that's kind of interesting. I hope I'm getting this pronunciation right. I'm probably butchering it, but I don't know if you saw on, on Twitter or anything, but a player in the Japanese league named Munetaka Murakami, he has Very nice. this, this, or just today, I think, or in different time zones and stuff, but I think like earlier today, he tied the Japanese-born record for Japanese home run total. He's at 55. So he tied like wow. the, he tied the legendary uh, Sadaharu O, oh, who like that guy has more home runs than Hank Aaron if and Bonds, if you like That's count. Right. He's completely his whole career is in the Japanese league, but his home run totals are crazy. Isn't it like nine hundred? It's, it's it's I think it's an eight something. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's up. <laughs> and and so, but but this guy just broke a or he just tied O's um single season record. So wow, wow. it's funny that this is happening in the MLB this season. It's also happening in the Japanese league this season where some kind of the greats of the game are kind of being like compared with, you know, a, yeah. a current season. But um I saw a funny tweet and it said like no one's doing what Otani's doing, but some guy in the Japanese league is doing what Judge is doing. So, <laughs> but I just see tons of funny stuff like that. But um, interesting to see if this Japanese player uh, ends up trying to come to the MLB anytime soon. Uh, I think that the talent over there, I just see tons of crazy stuff on Twitter yep. about the hitters going crazy with home runs or some pitchers have like back-to-back -back perfect games or whatever it is. Like, There's just so much talent in baseball outside of the MLB too that we might forget about sometimes. But... Uh, Travis, let's move along to Albert Pujols. He has homered a couple times, a few times since we last recorded. He, I think, is three away from the big milestone 700. Three away and just surpassed uh, Alex Rodriguez yes. fourth Out, all time. Outright, now. outright fourth above A Rod. So six ninety seven right now, so fourth place. Yeah. I also saw. I saw. What did I see? I saw some funny A Rod tweet about Judge. I'm trying to remember what it was, but. He, it was like some sort of record that A Rod had, and that like no one knew about. And A Rod's like, "Judge just beat my record." It was like, I forget what it was. It was like, right. I, mean, I think it was right-handed hitter. It was right-handed Yankee home run record. And he's oh, like, he's like, "Judge okay. just broke my record." And it's like, no one knew about this record till you said something, Yankee. A Rod. Yeah, nice. Yeah. It's like A Rod just trying to uh, hype up his own resume. But but <laughs> but back to back to Albert. He passes A Rod. He ties him and passes him since our last episode. Mm -hmm. Three away. Um, they're pinch hitting him. I saw him pinch hit against a righty and hit a home run. So he had they, a big dramatic home run. I think it was in the ninth inning to give him the lead. And right, I, I think you, it might have been against a righty, right? It may. There was a couple home runs in like a couple of days there. I, I forget which one was which, but but Travis, it's it's the same story that I've been telling. It's low nineties fastballs. <laughs> don't throw it to him. Just don't do it. I think I also saw a kind of a hanging slider. He busted out as well. But but Travis, the big million dollar question is will we see our pools get to 700 of course we both could see it um 
either way, right? Like yeah. both things are very possible. I just saw a baseball reference. They have some sort of odds tracker. And they said like a month ago, they had it at like a 14% or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then after his last home run that put him above A-Rod, they now have him at like a 40-something or almost 50% chance yep. to get yeah. it. Do you think he gets there? Um, do you think the team will start hitting him more if he's like 2-1 away with like a couple weeks to go? How do you think this historic home run race kind of ends up? I, I think he gets there, Alex, and I think they start hitting him every single night. I think every single city that they go to wants to see Albert. I'm also looking at their schedule right now. Um, they are home for the next week or so. They have, let's see, they actually have not They have a lot of games against... Uh, Okay, so I'm getting this right. Okay, so they have they have two games coming up against Milwaukee in St. Louis. Then they have five games in four days against Cincinnati in St. Louis. So a lot Ooh. of Cincinnati pitching, which we know Albert, I think, has just demolished in his career. I, I would like to see what um, what team he has the most home runs against in his career. Maybe it's Cincinnati. I don't know. But um, The other day I was wondering about the Astros since they like moved. You're right. So he you know, had, you're like, right. You're right. It's yeah. probably the yeah. Astros because he, probably the he Astros. switched over. It's probably the Astros. Yep. But um, after Cincinnati, they go to, they have a little West coast trip. They go to play three at San Diego and then they play three at LA against the Dodgers. So, Hey, 700 could come in LA against his, uh, his, his old team that he T-O, played yeah. for, for a couple of months or, but uh, so three at Dodgers. And then he goes to play two at Milwaukee and then that's it for September, Alex. And the rest of the year, it's six games, three at and three at home against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So I will say he's going to be seeing, I think, some pretty, I won't say easy pitching because MLB pitching is not easy pitching, but he's going to be seeing some it's very doable. easy, doable pitching um, for, you know, about, I would say, 15 or so games, um, 12, 12 games, I'll say, uh, of, of pretty doable pitching from Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. So, um, it's something that I could really see happening and coming true. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, just the, what, what he's been doing the past, you know, two weeks, three weeks, almost to about a month, Alex. I mean, it's an unbelievable tear. I, I, I can't explain it. I, I was not expecting this kind of hour pool holes to come and basically play in the second half, Alex. I mean, it, it's, it's been, it's been remarkable. We've been seeing, I, I, I'm really surprised at that anything that he's been able to prove at this this point it's it's been it's been something else i mean a confession from us travis we made jokes back we made jokes and i have a couple to, years I'm ago live up to that. yeah yeah t- 2020 the, when that season got cut short you and i kind of said albert's missing like 100 games right here like where he could have had more cha- opportunities to rack up homers that when that 2020 season got shortened we were just like he that really took away his chances at, at, at 700 yeah yep. um and then of course the beginning of 2021 he wasn't off to a good start we started splitting time with walsh and we were like okay yeah there's no way he gets there now yep. gets, 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 gets 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 cut gets hot with the dodgers and okay you know it's kind of fun um but is he going to retire no he does not retire and somehow he might actually get there travis this is kind of completely it's, it's very flawed because he hits so much in the platoon role right now he almost you know i would say 80 percent of his at bats maybe yep. are against lefties mm-hmm. Um, so it helps his numbers, but he has a better OPS plus right now this season than any year he was with the Angels, including the Angels and Dodgers. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy that like, you know, I mean, like I said, part of it is because if you played Albert every day in St. Louis this season, like how the Angels used him in like the mid uh, 2010s, like 
there would be these there would be these uh, stretches where he could probably struggle against righty pitchers and stuff. But it's just so impressive um, that what he's able to do at his current age, um, at his current you know stature of you know his seniority in the game. So everybody loves watching it. Everybody loves tracking it. Um, it's and, hard, to, and, it, and it's the first year, Alex, that he has had a war north of one oh, since really? 2016. So um, again, we we were we were talking about I think early on when we first started this podcast, and Pujols was just below 100 WAR, and we were thinking to ourselves, man, he he kind of just shot himself in the foot because I think he was already at 100 WAR, and then he kind of just started getting yes. worse and worse. He played and worse. his way below it, and now he's playing his way below 100 WAR, and that's kind of a that's a really cool milestone to be, you know, north of. So right now it looks like he's at 100.8. And with everything, I mean, I don't th- I don't see with him just oh. DHing, dropping 0.8. But he'll, uh, he'll hold that un- unless like the only way he could screw that up is if like they play him DH like every game the last week and he just like strikes out like yeah, crazy. Yeah. So it's not impossible to lose that, especially because DHs kind of get dinged in terms of war, but uh, for the lack of defense. But um, yeah, I think if I had to, if I had a make a call i think he probably gets there just looking at that schedule and another big factor uh this is not including today's games but as of right now before today st louis has an eight game lead on milwaukee that's true i do not think they're very worried about milwaukee coming back i mean of course they're going to be playing their best lineups and stuff and their best pitchers but they're not going to coast but what they will do is possibly play Albert more often in more matchups uh, down the stretch the yep. last couple of weeks of the season. If he, you know, hits one, you know, end of this week, uh, one end of next week, they might start just playing him every day just to hope he gets there. Yep, exactly. So yeah. that'll be fun to track, Travis. Uh, I, I, w- I would lean towards him, yes, getting there just because they might increase his playtime, like you said. Mm-hmm. At the beginning maybe a month or two back, probably two months back. It looked, yeah. The, the, it, the, the race the race was close with Milwaukee and St. Louis. So I was like, you know, they're not going to, like, are they really going to risk their, like, team performance by, like, what if they're two games out of the wild card? Yep. But now they're eight games up in the division. So, like, they might just start playing them a bunch. So yep. we'll have to wait and see how that kind of pans out. But And besides besides the AL West and the NL West, it's the most uh, secured division lead right now in baseball. So, I mean, Cardinals got to be feeling pretty comfortable. They're going to be, you know, getting that. Um, right now, it's the three seed in the playoffs. But I mean, if they if they can still keep on getting hot, I mean, that's one thing too, Alex. They got to be pushing for that two seed. Um, Mets are the NL East leaders with eighty nine wins, and Cardinals have eighty three wins. So hey, six more wins, and you're looking at a first round bye. That could be something pretty special and pretty important for the St. Louis fans right now too, where they're not they're going to be saying the division is won. We like that. We're in the playoffs. We're comfortable with that, but we want to get that first round by. So maybe, of course, they want to keep on pushing, which I mean, I'm pretty sure every single team wants to keep on pushing for that 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 second seed and that buy. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you kind of looked at like the, the first seed's already taken. It is it is completely <laughs> locked away throughout the key. Um, I'm glad you kind of transitioned perfectly into this. I wanted to touch on the Dodgers really quick. They currently have 97 wins. I'm sure they're probably playing today. I haven't checked what's going on with them. But 97 and 43 entering today. Almost a 700 winning percentage. Like a 70% of your games won. Um, the big thing that stands out, Travis, to me is the run differential. Yeah. A 316 run differential entering today. The only other team that's even at 200 is the Yankees. And the Dodgers are at 316. They're just... Another level. They're lapping other teams who have been... The Mets have had a great year. The St. Louis Cardinals have had a great year. Atlanta's been great. 
they're doubling yeah. their warm Dodgers are doubling all their run differentials. It's absolutely crazy. Um, it kind of goes to show how perfect their system is just because, you know, I'm not going to act like I know all the details of how they operate, but it's so clear that, you know, they have these injuries. Bueller misses almost the whole season. May misses the first half of the season. They're using guys like Heaney and Anderson and guys they are calling up uh, Pepio. They're calling up different prospects. Um, everybody's getting playing time. You know, Bellinger's struggling. It doesn't matter. They just know how to win games, not even at the individual level, but they're just, I mean, they're dominating like series, right? Like yeah. they might lose a series here and there, but for the most part, I think they have lost like 10 games since like June or something like that. Like there's just, it's just, it's just absolutely crazy how, how good they've been. But um, give me your thoughts on the Dodgers right now. And it, it, this season to me, Travis is almost like the cherry on top of like this little mini dynasty that they've been on the last like five years, because before they've had these really dominant teams. Right. But I feel like right now you look at the roster, it's a really great team. Mm -hmm. But I think they've had better rosters or at least like healthier rosters. This year they've missed some Kershaw, they've missed some Bueller, they've missed some May. They're missing some of their guys, and it doesn't really matter. Like they just are too much of a well-oiled machine to lose. They're just they just know exactly what they're doing and they're saying everybody else like fight for second place. Yeah, I mean, completely agree. I mean, you look at their starting pitching and their staff right now. I mean, Tyler Anderson, Urias, Kershaw, Heaney. You would have told me right now where you think the Dodgers would be. Oh, and by the way, Walker Bueller is done for the year and he's probably done right for all next year too. Most likely, uh, you know, right now, these are your four to five starting pitchers. I mean, you're probably looking at it as, you know, Oh shoot. They're probably right neck and neck with the Padres or the giants. They're probably really fighting for that spot. They probably got like, you know, 85 to 86 wins right now, but they're probably going to be, you know, the two seed or the three seed if they win the division. I mean, you, you, you hit the nail in the coffin, Alex. I mean, I, I, I don't, quite understand you know you you put this team on paper it's really good but it's really it's a lot better on the field i mean it, it's 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 remarkable with all these guys and how uh just how they function together to just create wins every single night practically so uh i feel like there's been teams the last couple of years of dodgers uh teams that we i feel like we've had some some teams that might have better you know teams on paper but don't accumulate, you know, to enough wins that they're doing this year. So, I mean, I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. 108 wins is the NL record, right? Um, I'm trying to remember. 109 now. wins, probably, or something like that. Okay. I, I know we talked about 100. I think it there was, was like some. There was like some Cubs team in like yeah, the teens. It, yeah, it, it I was. It was under 110. It was. It was somewhere in that 108 to 110. So probably 109. And I mean, right now it's definitely looking still realistic. They can do. I think they got to play 500 baseball just to beat that record. I think we were talking also about the 116 for the Seattle Mariners record that they did in 2001. Um, that one, of course, seems a little bit too far off. But I mean, that NL record looks um, looks pretty reachable. And you're doing it with guys like Tyler Anderson, with Gavin Lux, with Trace Thompson. I mean. Guys that really, Diamonds in I, the didn't rough. Even, I didn't even think we're even going to make it through a full season this year. You know, Lux, of course, is still young and, you know, is, is, is shining and, and trending very positively upwards. But I mean, just unbelievable. I mean, even Hanser Alberto, a guy that just kind of is, you know, not really even heard of it. He's, he's been a key role player, too. Yeah, so. go, Going into the season, it's like if I just told you the Dodgers would, would be relying on some of these guys, they'd be relying on Trace Thompson. 
for big at bats. They'd be relying on Hanser Alberto. They'd be relying on Tyler Anderson to be pretty much have almost like a flawless season. Like start to finish, hasn't missed a lot of time, has been pretty consistent for them. You know, you would have been like, okay, if they're relying on these guys so much, it can't be looking that good for them. But it actually is looking very great for them. Um, there's one more thing I wanted to touch on. Oh yeah, like. I don't even know who is going to get the most MVP votes for them. It'll probably be Betts maybe, but like Betts, yeah. Freeman, and Trey Turner have all been like worthy of like a top five MVP kind of finish here. Maybe even like second or third. We'll kind Definitely. of we'll kind of see how things uh, end up there, but it's just kind of crazy. They have like such consistency from their like their three like superstar hitters that, you know, it's okay if Muncie has a slump, he'll be back. Uh, it's okay if Justin Turner, you know, goes out for a while, he'll be back. Like we'll hold it down in the meantime and, uh, and, and, and guys seem to just pick it up. I mean, last year in the playoffs, Alex Cody Bellinger, awful last year, amazing for two weeks in the postseason, and really just kind of picked things up. So it just it's 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 the definition of just a a complete team getting it done. Where you might have your big superstars doing eighty percent of the work, but some of these other guys are going to come through in that twenty percent and uh, and come through in those big spots. But I mean, you you said it perfectly. I mean, Freeman, Trey Turner, and Betts; those are the three guys carrying that lineup. But we, we saw a couple days ago, Justin Turner, Grand Slam in, yes. in San Diego. You know, we saw... Will Smith continues to be good. Like, yeah, just yeah. Max Muncy's had some pretty good series against uh, some of these NL teams in the past month. Um, and, I mean, guys are just coming up. Trace Thompson was on fire for two weeks and was the best hitter in baseball, practically. So, um, again, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just funny that you get so many guys contributing on this team. And I, I feel like everyone on this team has an OPS plus above 100. <laughs> yeah and, and i'm looking at their numbers too right now it, it makes you jealous right and yeah and uh you know i do really wonder what could a um what could a joey gallo you know he's actually kind of stumbled recently he when he first got to the dodgers was really good um st- uh, stumbled a bit as of the late last couple of weeks but he's just still a guy travis that I think you want to have him on your bench at least in a playoff series. Yep. Pinch hit him against a ready pitcher or something like that. You know, I think that there's a chance that he just gets hot for a series and he could just win you a series if he yep. gets like four yep. or five home runs. You know, it could be really something special. So, um, I do. I'm I'm excited to see how good they are in the postseason if they can kind of turn the regular season. Um, I mean, honestly, just the destruction of all NL teams in their path. If they can kind of translate that into October or not, it always is a different game a bit in October just because the pitching gets more tight. Uh, You know, you have to kind of figure out who your guys you can really trust are every day. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun to kind of see how they kind of fare in that regard. Um, But Travis, let's just take a quick look at a couple other of the wild card races that might not be settled quite yet. Um, The closest one in my book is the nl the bottom three the bottom two spots there's three teams that could kind of end up there in my mind mm-hmm. it's really between the phillies who have a one and a half game lead on the last wildcard team which is the padres and then two games behind the padres is milwaukee and i was trying to look at some schedules and figure out what i think might happen and i want to uh-oh 57 for judge just now jeff passing tweet. wow Wow. Yeah, breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. I got, I got a notification. <laughs> Thank you, passing for the uh, for the uh, <laughs> right tw- the Twitter notice. But yeah, usually uh, all the good stuff happens right when we click end for the podcast. But yeah, I'm glad that you know. You're you're right. Usually we click end, and then I get like ten notifications about. And crazy. Tuesdays are usually always good. So yeah, Tuesdays we get a lot of good news for some reason. So <laughs> so um, we will go back to the NL race like I was discussing. I think the Padres 
um, compared to the Brewers. I feel like that's the real race. I feel like yeah. Philly, Philly's probably hold on here. Um, the Padres had a really tough strength of schedule down the stretch, but they already got through two series with the Dodgers. And yes, they lost both, but they did take a game in both series. And then they won a series against Arizona. So um, the Padres, it really comes down to me, Travis, is can the Padres hold on? Yeah. Because the Brewers don't look very dominant. Yeah. It's just going to be a matter of the Brewers are probably going to coast and do their thing. And can the Padres not melt down? That, that's how I view it, at least. Um, that's wow, how I'm trying sorry. to... That's, that's how I'm trying to frame it. The Padres have two games at Seattle. One's happening right now at 0-0. Then they have four at Arizona. So maybe a chance to make up some ground there. Even though Arizona has had a pretty nice second half for themselves. Um, some young talent is thriving. Mm-hmm. Then they go and have three, uh, three versus St. Louis. Three at Colorado, which maybe that's a chance to pick up some ground as well. Then three more with Dodgers. That's your last series with the Dodgers. Uh, and then... Then you go to uh, you play Chicago uh, White Sox mm-hmm. and then uh, San Francisco Giants. So I think that those teams, you know, the Giants, maybe if the White Sox are kind of eliminated at that point, uh, it could be very beneficial. But you know, they may not be. They may be in that race still. But if some teams are kind of eliminated down that stretch, it could be helpful for you. Um, and even looking at Milwaukee, I mean, St. Louis. I mean, I'm sorry, San Diego has to. I mean, I don't even want to get too much into other teams, you know, business. You want to just take care of your own business and win ball games. But the next week, Alex, or, you know, the next week and a half about Milwaukee has to go to St. Louis to play two. Then they come home to play three against the Yanks. And then they're home against three games, three games at home against the New York Mets. So and those six teams are, games. Yeah. Not, not only are the both New York teams really good, they also are kind of playing for something. The Yankees, yeah. the Yankees probably keep that first um spot in their division but like it is not uh, impossible for a Rays or Blue Jays to catch them so they are going to be playing the win games the Mets will be playing the win games um, because the Braves are right there with them have been for the last week or so and it's kind of funny because in the NL East you have you know the Mets and the Braves just fighting it out for that division and the winner will get a bye the loser will have to play in a wild card game most likely they'll be the team that of course gets to host the um, um, they'll get to host the five seed because they'll be the fourth seed, they'll be the first wild card team. But it's just funny that the winner gets to buy the loser, of course, has to play in wild card weekend. So, you know, most I think every team wants to get the first buy, wants to get some rest after the sure. season, you know, rest up the starting pitching and get ready for, you know, divisional opponents and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, Milwaukee has a tough stretch coming up in the next week. And I think San Diego needs to look at that and say, hey, if we can build some ground over the next couple of in the next week or so, you know, get about a four game lead or something like that. Then we can kind of look at it as, you know, we bought ourselves some ground. We maybe can lose some ground in the end, but overall, of course, you need to play your best baseball right now. But it's, it's again, it's just funny how every year, at least in the last two years, San Diego just kind of running out of gas. It seems in September right now, they're just kind of fighting for their life. If they didn't make the playoffs this year, Alex, if they don't make the playoffs, uh, it's, it's going to be just another year of, I mean, it's going to be another year of trolling and bullying on Twitter from Dodger fans because I mean every year I think the Padres just regroup and reload their roster to make it just be one of the scariest you know teams on paper and then of course they just don't show it in the field getting Juan Soto at the trade deadline and not making the playoffs that will look really really poorly I really wonder if the GM is uh is gonna have to be having a a, you know very tough conversation with uh with the front office if they don't make the playoffs this year because they basically gave up the whole entire farm, which of course is still good getting Juan Soto. You still have control for Juan Soto, but 
you know, that's one thing that you got to look at. You expect at say, to, right. You, you expect know, to win still. Exactly. Expect to win still. But, you know, and then Milwaukee, again, I've just been, I think the last months, two months, they've just been kind of just trending downwards, just losing ground with St. Louis. And it just seems like now they're not really, you know, poised to make that run to get that 16. Honestly, Alex, even if they made the playoffs, I think they just don't have the team this year to make a deep run into in the playoffs. I could be wrong. Their pitching is standout and could be, you know, dynamite for two weeks and they can get themselves into the world series with Burns and Woodruff um, and, and Freddie Peralta. But, you know, I just feel like the Padres are a team that's a little bit more poised this year to make a, uh, to, to make the playoffs and maybe even make a deep run of the playoffs because of that roster. You can't count out when they got, you know, you Darvish and Musgrove pitching, you know, for you in a series. So, yeah, I think that it's, um, Soto has not been amazing so far. His OPS plus is like one thirteen with like the Padres so far or something like that. Um, Bell has been a below average with the bat, but you know it's one of those things where if they just if they can just kind of forget about it and just say you know what, all we have is the games ahead of us, yep, right? Exactly. Don't worry about the past. And then, you know the schedule is not that terrible for them. I think they got through two series with the Dodgers without without. I mean, if they got through the two series with the Dodgers and we're like tied with the Brewers, then that would be more concerning probably. Yep. But there's still two games up. I think the Padres probably end up holding that down. Um, and then we can look at the AL real quick, Travis. The um, wild card race in the American League, Tampa Bay and Seattle are tied. Um, Tampa Bay has the tiebreaker, it looks like, at least according to my app. That could be wrong, but they have the same exact record as of right now. Uh, and... Toronto is a half game behind them. And those are the three wildcard teams. Mm-hmm. After that, it's 5.5 games back for the Orioles. Unfortunately, the underdog Orioles uh, might have run out of gas here a bit. I don't think they're going to make it, even though I really hope that they would, just because it'd be fun to see such a young, kind of surprising team make the playoffs. But um, those three teams, Travis, Tampa Bay, Seattle, Toronto, first of all, I'll ask you, you think those teams have it locked away? Uh, and, and then I'll also ask you which team you think is the scariest to go up against a division winner. Yeah, I think those three teams have it pretty locked away. It just now comes down to the seeding, what each team will be doing for, you know, what, what ballpark they'll be going to. Are they going to be home? Are they going to be away? That kind of thing. So I think those three teams are pretty safe. Um, danger, you know, which team I would not want to play. I mean, I always say I'll answer this way. Toronto, of course, has always been a scary team to me just because I think if you were to get that offense going. And we, we've seen Bo Bichette the last you know two weeks. He's been playing unbelievable. I think he has seven home runs already in September. So he's getting hot Mashing. at the right time. Uh, if you get Vladdy going, if you get Springer going, if you get all these other guys, Teoscar going, I mean, they have a just gauntlet of hitters to uh, to go up against. And any pitching staff will have to, you know, just really have to take a deep dive and uh, and, you know, get through that order once or twice, you know, in a ball game. But I think also, um, you know, I, I won't say you can't count the Rays. I'm not really, I don't really the know Rays, what to make of the Rays. They're one of the most interesting kind of weird teams because they just don't, so they don't make me, you know, they, they, they don't attract me. They don't. Not, not, and, but isn't that not true for almost every season? Every year, like they, yeah. they, they have like these uh, frisky players. Some of them are being really bad offensively. Some of them you see pitchers getting hurt, you know. I mean, they're going to need some of their best guy. I mean, actually, maybe not because they lose glass now for the season. All of a sudden, they're still really good. But, um, yeah, it, it, they're just so interesting because it doesn't matter who they lose. They can probably just um, 
get it done anyways. Yeah. Um, it's just so weird how they're able to, you know, ha- I mean, I saw some some lineup from them recently, like maybe a couple, a few weeks back, and they're like, honestly, I followed, I, I followed the game pretty closely. Like half the guys, I had no idea who they were. <laughs> but um, that's something that kind of happens sometimes. Travis, interesting kind of... This is kind of a little bit of breaking news. Uh, not that crazy, but I guess the Minnesota starter, Joe Ryan, mm-hmm. has been pulled from his no-hitter against Kansas City after seven innings and 106 pitches. He's a 26 rookie and 26-year-old rookie, and uh, he came into the game with a career high of 110 pitches, according to Jeff Passan. So, wow. um they put in a bullpen pitch or a relief pitcher. So there's some booze going on at target field right now. Uh, just a little side note, kind of funny thing. I wanted to touch on the breaking news, I guess, but you know, I wonder how Minnesota is even like, you know, strategizing the rest of the season. Cause the wild card reach the wild card is over for them. Um, right. The division is the only thing that's in reach between Minnesota and Chicago white Sox. five games Guardians. back, five games back is really tough. I, I don't see it at all happening, but um, it just the, the only thing I'll say is that Cleveland and, and Chicago White Sox don't seem dominant enough to where yep. like those teams could choke it, you know. Yep. But like yep. exactly, the, exactly. All, all three of those teams, um, you know, I mean, would, would you just say you're gonna lean, you're, you're gonna lean Guardians right now since they have that lead? I mean, I, I will, but I, again, I'm just I'm I've been saying it all year. I just am waiting for the White Sox team just to wake up, and if they can wake up for two weeks and play the baseball that I think we all thought they were going to play this year, which is you know win ninety games, um, then they can easily go and take it. I, I mean, I, I just the Guardians are a team that I think they've just been pay, playing very good. Um, it, they've been they've been pitching really well, and they've been playing defense really well. I think that's really been their key of success. They just won the day three one against the Angels, and it's kind of like they had a good home run from one guy, a timely home run. But I mean, they're pitching throughout the series right now, just against the angels, it's been, it's been pretty good. And then of course you got, what is it? Karnacek yeah. in the eighth and class A in the ninth. Yeah. So you have a dominant already to lock things down. So, um, and these are guys that two guys that we faced today, Alex, I don't even know. I've never even heard of these guys before for the, Indi- for the guardians. And they just seem to, you know, pitch very, very well. So, um, when you get Bieber, when you get some of these other guys out there, um, it, it seems like it's almost game over from the start of the game. So, I would say Cleveland right now is still looking really, really good. But with the White Sox, I, I just, again, their roster is too talented and too good. But with the old fart on the bench, it might it might really cost them. So who knows? I love the analysis there at the end. Um, looking at the White Sox schedule, since you mentioned that you kind of hope that they can kind of play some good baseball before the season ends. They are currently uh, playing Colorado. Uh, they're in the middle of a game. They play them again tomorrow, and then they play one game against Cleveland, and then they play a handful of games. There's two series left with Detroit, um, another series with Cleveland, and like two more series with Minnesota. So lots of divisional games. Yep. If they can kind of buckle up and just kind of stomp on their own division, then they're going to make it. You know, it just yep. really comes down to the last stretch of games here. Cleveland also is going to try to you know do what they can to uh, you know finish off strong. They still have the series with the Angels going. Then they have you know White Sox. Twins, White Sox again, you know, Texas, Rays, Kansas City. So, I mean, all, all all kind of series that are kind of in the middle where, you know, you can see it going either way and it's going to come down to kind of who finishes hotter. But I would probably lean Guardians. I think some mm-hmm. of these teams just, you know, I don't think their roster is better on paper than the White Sox, but I think that there's just something about um, I, almost like an identity. I think that, that word gets kind of overused with certain things, but they kind of have an yeah. understanding of, how they're going to approach the game. 
Um, there's no drama. I've not heard any drama about, you know, the Cleveland Guardians, but there I've heard lots of drama about the White Sox. So that's the, that kind of stuff could help. You know, usually I'll just lean towards the talent, but I think based on how the season's gone, um, I would probably lean Cleveland. That three-game lead obviously is affecting my decision too in, in that in that division. But and what's funny is yesterday, I think Mike Trout, when he hit its seventh consecutive home run in a game, um, you know, you look in the outfield bleachers and there's just, there's like no one there. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, the town is literally in the lead for the division and they're on their way to the postseason in about three weeks. What, and what, what will the, what will the, their wild card games look like if they end up playing? Yeah. Who would they be playing? Like, it looks like they'd be playing Toronto or someone and they'd like, be the three seed and they'd be playing right now. They'd be playing Tampa, which I mean, I, I talk really, about lack of attendance, lack of attendance for both for both sides. Right. But I mean, you'll, you'll get three games, of course, in in, uh, Cleveland. in Cleveland. So Tampa won't get a um, a home game unless they make it to the division series. But um, that, of course, would just be kind of a coin flip. I mean, of course, Tampa has just been a, a juggernaut, you know, for the past, you know, three years or so. But um, I think Cleveland pitching could do a really good job. But, you know, we'd see it. It'd be I mean, what a shocker. I think the Guardians this year at the, at the beginning of the year, Alex, I mean, we were all saying, you know, White Sox easily have this division. It's a runaway. They they have it from day one. And then you're probably looking at like Minnesota, possibly even Detroit. I know you were high on Detroit just from all those young talent that they had um, to probably get the second um, the second seed in the central, possibly up for a wild card spot. And then, you know, we both thought Cleveland's just going to be in the middle of the pack. You know, they're going to be fighting it off with the, with the Minnesota Twins for that three seed. And it's just funny how, I mean, Minnesota has just kind of been just playing spoiler they, they've just been such a shocker this whole entire year that you know all these guys that were trade pieces for Lindor and for all these other uh, you know teams they're just putting it together now and they're becoming you know a winning product which I mean hats off to them and also their manager Frank Francona because I mean, I mean he's been winning everywhere he's gone so I mean it's just it's funny that you know Cleveland again um they, they sold the entire team practically and then they're still going to make the playoffs this year which is really 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 cool and exciting for them so yeah i think i think all the al wildcard teams have their own kind of interesting story um if you know I, I'm, I'm just trying to think about like the the mariners are a team that um the mariners are a team that i'll just say i i, I don't know if i counted them out at the beginning at the beginning of the season because i knew that julio would be like an instant star but i thought that yeah. um that they probably wouldn't make the playoffs of last course. year we thought of course was a little bit you know it was just a lot of luck last year. It was, you know? it was, it was, it was very fluky with the run differential. But this season, the run differential is much better. Um, I still don't know how much I trust some of their pitching depth. I know mm-hmm. Marco Gonzalez. I mean, I don't want to bash on, on players, but <laughs> I think like one of the biggest differentials between like ERA and then some of the other expected like predictors, like FIP and other stuff, like someone who's maybe had a bit of luck this season. But you know, uh, Seattle definitely has it rolling um, in their way, and I think that they're going to be a team that no one wants to face if you know if. Eugenio Suarez continues to be hot. If Julio Rodriguez continues to be Julio Rodriguez, you know, it's going to be a tough lineup to face and some decent pitchers, of course. I mean, yeah, Luis Castillo and Robbie Ray. That's, I mean, that's, that's pretty tough. And then you can get your pick of Logan Gilbert, um, George Kirby, who had a pretty good, uh, what is it? Pretty good August. Uh, I think he, I think I saw a stat that George Kirby has, he's just really good at like not walking players. Mm-hmm. And I, he had like one of the longest streaks of like no walks in like your first couple starts or whatever. Oh, you're right. But Four, 14 walks and 111 innings. Wow. I was going to say, it's like, I think the best start to a career ever for strikeout to walk percentage, at least, you're right. <laughs> at, at least, uh, in like recent history. Cause there's all the 115 like, strikeouts to 12 walks or f- 14 walks. 
What was the strikeouts? 115. Wow. So, I mean, that's pretty much like what? A, a lot for someone who, got, who like only got called up mid-season. How many games has he pitched, does it say? Uh, 21. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's pretty impressive right there. Yeah, but. yeah 21 games. So, I mean, you, I mean, you definitely, I mean, when you, when you got Luis Castillo throwing game one, and then, of course, you have Robbie, Robbie Ray, you know, throwing game two. Robbie Ray started out very just meh at the beginning of the year. He's really dialed it down. His ERA now is down to a 3-5. So, he has really, uh, he, he's pitched a lot better, um, I would say, the last, you know, couple of months and has kind of gotten the Robbie Ray of last year numbers kind of back to it. But, um, and you know, strikeouts are still pretty high. He'll have over 200 strikeouts this year. He's at 189 right now. So still having a lot of strikeouts. And then of course, you know, Logan Gilbert being a young guy, good ERA, good numbers there. Kirby, good numbers. Flexen, pretty decently good numbers. And then Marco Gonzalez, um, you know, the, the fifth guy in the starting rotation. He'll probably move probably to the bullpen. I would, I would imagine they'd probably go like sure. four guys, um, you know, four or five guys with the, uh, uh, with with a starting rotation, I, I'll have to see what they what what the matchups look like. You know, come come October in that wild card series. But I mean, still still a team that is. Um, I, I I think that they kind of can can flip a switch and be you know be a very deadly team to a lot of those other wild card teams. I don't know if they could be you know a team that would match up with Astros or with or the Yankees, but we'll see. I mean, again, baseball. One series, anything, anything can happen. Anything can happen. So, yeah. We were counting out the Red Sox last year. They are two games away from the World Series. So, Travis, the last piece of news, um, don't want to get too deep into it, but there were some rule changes. I wanted to keep you guys updated. I, I assume you guys probably heard, but the the new changes is going to be, there's going to be a pitch clock starting next season. Um, that means there's a certain number of, I think it's, I think it's 15 seconds with no one on base. With no one on base and yeah. 20 seconds with a man on base. Um, and then only two pickoff attempts. And I, Travis, I was wondering about that. And Thank just God, I don't see nine pickoff attempts in one at bat. So, so right, right. So first of all, that's like a quality of viewer experience improvement, I guess. And you might see some more stolen base attempts, which might be you know more fun, you know, for the offenses to get creative and stuff. But, um, but one other note is, I was wondering to myself, you get two pickoff attempts. So if he's safe both times. Can you tell, can't he just like walk the second? Because how are you going to pick him up? Yeah, yeah. But, but, but what, what someone told me, I, I believe is true, is that you can still pick him off again, but if he's safe, then he gets the free bag, I think. I think that's how it works. Hmm. Or, 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 may, or maybe it's a ball. I can't remember. But anyways, like essentially you can still try to pick someone off after the two attempts, but you have to get them out. Wow. If, you, if they're safe, there's a punishment so it, it, there's gonna be some mind games going on next year i can already tell that it's gonna be some guys it, that are it some should be fun that are gonna be you know challenging that kind of stuff and and uh you know using up your 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 backpicks and all that stuff but and, yeah. and someone was like saying like ricky henderson would have put up like crazy numbers in this era <laughs> or something like that but um yeah. but it's gonna be fun to see how that shapes up um i think the pitch clock is a welcome change and for those that might be concerned about it I saw this uh, image from MLB Network, and it's really, I think, tells the story of how we should expect it to affect gameplay. Um, so in 2021, this is the minor leagues. They implemented the pitch clock this season in 2022. So in 2021, the average minor league game lasted three hours and three minutes. This year, it's down to two hours and 37 minutes. So you're shaving off almost a half hour from the game. But... The runs per game, the the batting average of the whole league, the strikeout percentage of the whole league, the walk percentage of the whole league of all the minors, and the hit by pitch of all the minors, all those numbers are within a few decimal points. It's all almost the exact same. Wow. So you're not going to be 
you shouldn't be worried about a pitcher saying, oh, my guys are going to walk a ton of guys now because they're being rushed yeah. or, or they're going to give up more hits and the averages are going to go up. No, honestly, the baseball gameplay has been more or less the same across the minors last year or this year. But the one thing that has been the change is about almost 30 minutes uh, shorter game time, which I think, Travis, most fans are probably good with. I think yeah. that makes sense. So yeah. just to uh, uh, wrap up the last couple notes of the rule changes, bigger bases, I think it's a good idea. It might look funky at first, but like I remember, Travis, the example always comes to my head of Max Muncy, end of last season. Yeah. Collides with the runner. A runner like runs into his arm because he's trying to like scoop a ball. Those kind of injuries um, are just unfortunate. Like, you know, almost a fluke injury of a runner running into a guy's arm the wrong way. Um, the bigger base should put some space there. It will probably lead to a few less injuries. Skies could still get hurt, of course, but um, overall, I think it's a good quality change. And then the last one that I'm missing is, I cannot remember. Oh, the shift. Oh, of course, the shift ban is probably going to be possibly the most noticeable one that we'll just uh, be able to see with our eyes. Joey Gallo, have fun. I think the pull, it's interesting because I think people who hate the shift, they want to see like, they're tired of like guys grinding into the shift, you know? But I think the the funny flip side of it is a guy like Joey Gallo or Jock Peterson or some guy who's going to pull a bunch like they're going to probably get more base hits now just because yeah. they're going to yeah. their big pull hard grounders into the shift are most likely going to more likely to get through yeah. at least yeah. everyone's so, uh every infielder has to be at the the what the the foot of the grass outfield grass or you can't be in the grass you, i believe you can't be in the grass at all so and then um, two infielders on each side of second base yeah which will be funny cuz i was thinking about it you know there's probably going to be some shortstops or second basemen that are going to get really just Right, really close to that middle point, yeah, or that, or that center point, and umpires are probably going to have to pause the game and say, "Hey, take take a step back" or something like that. But it's it's going to be funny, you know. It, it's it it should be good and everything like that. It just I think the big thing was that you know no out infielders in the grass, so that you know I, I've seen I, I've I've seen David Fletcher almost playing like shallow right field, right for, for for some of those shift plays, and it's like how if you're a left handed hitter, how are you even supposed to get that past you know any infielder on that right side, but. Um, it, it'll be it'll be fun. Also, I'm not, I'm not completely down the dumps for some of these some of the rule changes. I think they're going to be good for the game and you know getting the fan and getting you know the speed kind of up and running again. So I agree. I think overall those three changes are going to be positive for the game next season. I did see some crazy diagrams people drawing up of like Travis. You could essentially put like the left say say you have like a like a Joey Gallo type yeah. lefty pull. Um, say you could you could take the left fielder and you could put him where a second baseman's playing this season. Yep, and yep. so you really are kind of screwing with the rules. But then, like, in theory, there's, like, a wide-open left field. You're yeah. playing with two outfielders now. Yeah, yeah. So two true outfielders, like, that are proper depth. So um, and that's funny because now you're going to get, now you're gonna get you know, right fielders playing, like, a second baseman and making that throw over to first base, which they're probably like, I don't do this at all in my lifetime. And, so. and I, I'm glad you said that because you reminded me that someone said, like, think about – Mookie Betts, best player. <laughs> I was about to say Mookie Betts, but another guy is like uh, Chris Taylor. Like, yeah. he could be a left field and yeah. come over and like cover and then go back. Like, he's got some like versatility that's to funny. his you're, game. You're right. That's 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 so true. But like, think about some other outfielders that would just be like so. They'd have so much trouble throwing a first. Like, J, just J up. 
<laughs> yeah, right. I mean, there's there's a handful of examples of guys that just you know would have to really practice. Like that, imagine but. like Stanton like getting a ground ball and just like getting in like a fielder's position and throwing it to first base. Like I've never seen that before in my life. But yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. right. So I mean, Fred Mill Reyes. It'll make it'll make for some fun situations. But we'll kind of cover that more as the next season begins and as you know we see those rules come into play. Had to mention them here, but Travis, that pretty much wraps up the episode. If you guys made it this far, thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs>